Alright, so I'm driving home, and uh, Twitter pops up and says the presidential debate is on. I flip it on, the audio, to my Bluetooth, and uh, man, if you follow me on Twitter, you know how I feel about politics and the presidency. Um, I voice it a bit on there. I think it's just at Anthony Shetler on Twitter. I don't even know, fuck it. But um... Yeah, it's very disheartening. Donald and Hillary Clinton. Fuck. I don't know how you guys feel. Maybe you can hit me up on any on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Anthony Shetler. Let me know what you think. <laughs> it's like insane. I was like watching two little kids argue and play games. The only reason they bought up, brought up real issues or like even talked about real issues is just to say each other were wrong about it. It was ridiculous. Oh, man. I imagine the same people are in control and that it's just a show, you know? Like, imagine the people that run the government, you know, the people that own the resources and control the whole thing. They kind of pick, you know, Democrat, Republican, whatever, and they put a puppet in there and just to pacify the masses. Maybe I'm cynical. <laughs> I don't know. I just never grew up with it without, like, voting wasn't a thing in my family. Like, we were kind of not the winners of the capitalist society growing up in the projects and being in gangs and involved in drugs and just shit that comes with growing up poor and in sketchy environments. So I just never... The only change I've ever seen is on the grassroots level, you know? Like when people protest or rally or riot or... Or like time, you know? Like information gets out there enough and then it's like so obvious that these people are suppressing things for their own advantages. Then things change after a while because enough people get upset and make enough noise. I don't know. I want to think that we have a democracy and voting works. Just haven't seen it. Um, it's a little off the subject. It's nice to be back. It's podcast time, um, as usual. Today's podcast is a little different. Um, it's my second year going down to Surf Expo, um, and they had me come down there and uh, interview people, meet with people, and interview for Surf Expo, have them on the show. And uh, so I went down there. There's hundreds upon hundreds of uh, uh, what are they booths like set up, and so many brands and from all different industries too. It's like surfing, skating, uh, toy store stores, um, toy stores. Sorry, um, fashion, footwear, clothing. Like it's uh, sailing, boats, like gift shops. Like there's so many booths. It's so crazy. It's awesome. Um, I had a blast actually this time. Uh, Timmy Canoe flew out. That was awesome. I got to hang out with him. My good buddy Mike Hathaway. Um, I met a lot of people. I recorded five podcasts with, while I was down in Surf Expo, which is in Orlando. Um, so the, I think like the next five episodes are from there. Uh, you'll probably hear like people in the background, or like you'll hear like the bustling of the show, the trade show. But um, yeah, it was epic. It was really epic. Um, I got to get through um, some stuff. I got to talk about. Okay, so uh, as you probably know, but if you're new to the podcast. The New England AM contest is coming up November 5th and 6th. This is our third annual. Um, I live in Taunton, Massachusetts. Uh, I moved here because of the skate park, the Edge Indoor Park. 
because the winters here are so brutal on the East Coast. And I knew, like, if I was moving back home to here that I needed a spot in the winter. It used to be Skater's Island. Some of you fools out there remember Skater's Island back in the day. Like, all of us skated there. PJ Ladd, Ryan Gallant, Zara Bassett, um, everyone. Akil, Gallant, Jeremy Rogers. These are just dudes that, like, made, like, made careers out of it. But there was, like, so many different personalities and characters and, and people that went on to do other things as well. Like, it, it was, it was, like, the beacon on the East Coast of, like, indoor spot in the winter. And the Edge is taking its place because Skaters Island closed up for whatever reason. And the Edge rose up and, uh, uh, it's been awesome. The people that own that are awesome. Dave and Carol, they are amazing. Um, they allow us to throw the New England Am at the park. I teach my skateboard lessons there. Me and my lady bought our house from them. Um, yeah, it's a really special spot. And, and you know, this area needed something. So, you know, we got together with, like, all I need, and we decided, like, let's do an event. Like, there's so many good fucking skateboarders in this area because we just see them. All. Every winter, everyone comes, and you're like, holy shit, that dude's killing it. That's dude, that dude kills it. Where the hell's that dude from? And it's like New England's such... Or we're so fragmented. There's so many states, and we're so close to each other. People are just coming out of their own woodwork, you know, like bringing all this character and style and flavor and different approach. And like, so that's what the New England Am ends up being, you know. We decided let's do this. Let's just fucking build it, and they'll come. That whole cliche saying, but I really, I was like, there's so many talented motherfuckers here, and they're like going down to Florida or they're going out to Cali. And I'm like, we just got to build like this event and make it awesome. And so that's what our mission has been. Make each year rememberable. And the last two have been fucking... I'm still, like, smiling from them. And I'm excited for this one. So November 5th and 6th, we got 14 under division, 15 and over division. That's day one. That night we'll have an after party, and I'm working on the premiere for the All I Need video, the, our new video. Um, I'm trying to line that up for the same weekend. I'm hoping I can make that happen. I'm, I'm hustling right now. Um, and then the next day, the final day, would be a skate shop invite which uh, last two years have been pretty fucking wild. We had, like, over 25 shops. They bring three riders each, and they just battle it out for top shop, basically. But they bring their best dudes, you know, like the three gnarly dudes that you're just, like, good style, insane tricks. Like, there was shit popping off in the skate shop invite. And even the 15 and over division, for a matter of fact, it was 14 and under was shit I was, like, didn't expect to see. Like, gnarly stuff. Like, people really rose up and made the most of the day, which was amazing. And... Um, the last two years has been special and this one's going to be no exception. And we're adding on, um, at the end of the day, we're going to add a snowman bowl jam sponsored by ProTech and we have some cash to give out, give out. Um, I'm just going to take some of the cash and break it up in twenties, fifties and hundreds in this, whoever wants to get in this snowman bowl bash, it's not going to be that structured. It's going to be more like a show, like get in if you want to get in. And if you get something gnarly or you're stoked on something, the crowd goes for or like hyped. We're going to give out some cash, and that way we end the day on uh, on some bangers, and I think that'll be awesome. Um, we're working on some artwork to give to the winning shop so they can hang it up in the shop. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff I'm working on, man. And uh, the judges for the last two years were Westgate, Barley, uh, Don Pierre, Dave Pachinski, Manny Santiago, Zara Bassett, like, inviting all these fools back. Uh, it's going to be live at the Edge Indoor Park. Indoor Skate Park, Taunton, Massachusetts. And each and every episode is brought to you by All I Need Skateboards. Uh, what's new with All I Need? We have a new series out called Thrive, Prosper, Rise. 
Um, you guys can check that out at allineedskate.com. If you click on the store link, you can check out all the decks and the clothes. Everything's up there. Uh, I'm really stoked on these boards. Um, I'm about to ride the Thrive board. It's an 8.1, and it looks kind of psychedelic. It's uh, it's plant life growing into light bulbs, literally like organic matter growing into ideas. And um, Peter killed it on that. And the Prosper board is 8.3, uh, and uh, I call it There Will Be Blood board, board because it looks like the dude from There Will Be Blood. That movie's so sick. Sick. Daniel Day-Lewis, right? Am I saying that right? There Will Be Blood? I think that's the title. I haven't watched it in a while, but so epic. But that's kind of the scene, you know, like prosper, like work really fucking hard and take risks and prosper and build build up industry. Um, and all these boards, they're original ideas, hand-drawn, you know, from Peter James Glenn, and he crap crushes it. And the, and the third board is the rise board, so you got the thrive, prosper, and the rise board is last, and that came in 825, in seven seven five, and I'm really psyched on that one. Um, check it out. Check them all out, please. At allineedskate.com. If you see one of our decks in the shop, try one out. Let us know what you think. That's a cool way to support the podcast without you know, without having to do too much. Because you need a board, you want to shred. Check out our deck. Let us know what you get, what you think. Give us some feedback. Um, that'd be much appreciated. Um, today's podcast is with Angelica Schreiber. A pro wakeboarder, which I met down at Surf Expo. My good buddy RP introduced me to her, and we just started talking. And, you know, I was like, you got, you got like, 20 minutes? I, I knew, like, because I could talk to her pretty easy. I knew this was going to be longer than 20 minutes. But she's like, yeah, yeah, I got 20 minutes. So we sat and chopped it up. She has quite the epic story, and I'm excited to share it with you guys. Um, once again, thank you for listening, and please enjoy. Peace. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Board today. Board today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know? The other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Angelica. Yes. How do you spell it? A N G E L I K A. K. Mm-hmm. Did you? Does that how your parents spelled it, or did you switch it up? No. So my dad's Swiss. Nice. So it comes from Angelica. So it's like a Swiss nice. name. Sick. Okay. Well, how I how I've been starting these things off is how'd you end up at Surf Expo? How did I what? How did you end up at Surf Expo? What's the journey to get you here so far today? It's um. Pretty much, I came here because I want to get opportunities and I want to meet the people 
face to face, not just on email, to get that relationship. Nice. So they know who I am as a person. Nice. And uh, <clears throat> we were talking a little bit before we hit record, but um, you wakeboard, right? Yes, professionally. Profes now I'm professionally a, a wakeboarding athlete for cable wakeboarding. Could you, because I skateboard and I don't know much about this world, could you explain what cable wakeboarding is to me and my listeners? <laughs> <laughs> so cable wakeboarding is it's the future to wakeboarding, I think. It's, um, it's accessible for all the, the general public out there. It's not a lot of money. Yep. And it's pretty much, um, it's a system. So imagine a skate park but on water yep. and you're getting towed um, by a rope around a park and you've got obstacles that you hit. That's nice. the easiest way that I can explain it. Nice. Um, so you hit obstacles off the dock, and it can go um, clockwise or anti-clockwise. And it sometimes can be um, four towers in, in, a, um, in a water park, yep. or it can be six towers. So it's the, the easiest way. It's like skateboarding, but you're getting pulled on water and you're hitting some rails. And the towers are the ramps? So the towers is what pulls you. Okay. So you get off the dock and it connects in, in like a little mast and it pulls you around the cable. Wow. And sometimes you can only have six people at a time go and you can also go double. So a rope will connect into the fork and um, it will pull you alongside the cable. Wow. How, how did you get into this? So I got into um, cable wakeboarding through my dad. So yes. I used to be a water skier by heart professionally. And um, I went overseas to America to um, train for water skiing. And my dad was like, oh, what is this sport? He saw this, this person on this, this board, and, I, and the lady was like, oh, that's wakeboarding. Mm. And so cable wakeboarding was, I didn't really know about it back then, so I, I started um, in my wakeboarding career through boat. Okay. And that's so, the other, so that's where it originated from, was just being pulled by a boat, yes. boat and then now you're saying that's going to be the future is cable. Yes. Nice. So cable's been around for at least 50 years. Nice. But um, it was relatively new. And I didn't actually know what it was. And um, so when I was training for water skiing in America, um, my dad was like, well, wh why don't we go to performance ski and surf and get yourself a first of a wakeboard and try it out? Nice. And so we went there and I got a mini skirt. It was a 128 for a liquid force mini skirt. What is that? That's the wakeboard? Yes, so that was the size of the wakeboard. And because um, I was so little, 128 was the smallest size that you could get back then. So. Um, I tried it out and I absolutely loved it and I went back home to South Africa because I'm originally South African. Sweet. And um, yeah, I uh, went and uh, wakeboarded and skied at the same time and I had a coach that was at Bufflesburg Dam and he said, John, I want to, um, which was my dad, I want to train your daughter. Nice. And my dad was like, well, why not? Let's try something new. It's extreme. You know, you want to, I want you to do like some, uh, some flips, you know, get, be a bit extreme to so have a different outlet. And so this is I for just, wakeboarding he's training. Yes. Yeah. For, for wakeboarding. So I actually did water skiing competitively and wakeboarding behind the boat competitively at the oh. same time. Nice. Because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I liked at the time. I loved water skiing, but it was another avenue that just gave me a little bit more creativity when I was young. Nice. And it gave me, I like the, I like the aspect where you could just try any trick and you can reinvent and learn things. And it wasn't a system where you had to just um, be directed at. You've got to do this and write down your tricks and go towards a formula. Yeah. So it was a lot more streetwise and you could put your own style and effect to it. Yeah, so, that sounds awesome. Yeah, so I grabbed that and um, uh, my first event was... 2005 Junior World Championships and and I um, <clears throat> yeah I won that championships as a world champ sick 
which at the time my dad was like, he's like, okay, you've got to pick what you want to do, either be a, a water skier or a wakeboarder uh, behind the boat. And um, he's, I used to ride, jeez, uh, I've got a, a huge story behind this. Good. <laughs> so I used, to, um, I used to train on wakeboarding behind a water skiing boat. Yes. And I used to mack like just edge as hard as I can to get pop because that's the only boat that I had. I didn't have the big master crafts where they had the wakes for purely for boat riding. So wait, you're saying you had to like romp it? Yeah, so I had to edge really, really hard and my aggression came through my coach because he used to go so big. Yeah. Um, uh, Gary Boetta was his name. And um, yeah, so he his aggressiveness behind the boat I adopted that very nice. quickly. <laughs> and because we only had water skiing boats that we could train on because um, the boat wakes were very, very expensive and something that I couldn't afford. And um, my dad was very into water skiing. Yeah. And he said, listen, let's, um, you know, let's train and let's do this and you know, see if you enjoy it. And I really, really picked it up really fast. Sick. And um, so this was all in South Africa. And um, Is it dangerous... Um doing it in South Africa sharks or anything like that no so you do it on a man-made lake oh okay um, I never did it on the water uh, sorry on the ocean, ocean yeah. so I just did it in a man-made lake okay and, um, my dad had a, a house um, in Buffersport Dam where I used to go every weekend and train for my water skiing nice so um, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a huge story um, so I used to do uh, where yeah. did I go? <laughs> well, I, I got tons of questions. So, you're doing flips? Yeah. You do all that stuff? Yes. Do you have yeah. uh, your videos online, YouTube, anywhere? Um, I do uh, put my um, videos up on YouTube, just Angelica Shriver. Yeah. But I like to share it through my Instagram as well. So. Is, is there a lot of women that do this, wakeboarding? Mm. Yes, there are a lot of women. Wow. Um, there's a lot of boat riders, and there's a, definitely a lot more cable riders that do it. Sick. So, um, yeah, when I did boat riding and... All of a sudden, my dad was like, hey, we're going to move to Australia. And I was like, what? We're going to move to Australia? <laughs> He's like, yep, we're going. I've been organizing this for the last 10 years. So I had to pack up and leave and move straight to Australia. Were you nervous? Of course I was, because yeah. I was end of high school. I had my good friends. Um, I was moving to a place I didn't really know. You know, it was starting again for me. Like, no one was there. I didn't know who the heck was there. Did you, did <clears throat> you have to leave your coach and all that? Um, he actually was immigrating to Australia at the time too. Lucky you. So he was my water skiing coach. Okay. So I had a, a boat wakeboarding coach purely and a water skiing coach. And my water skiing coach moved to South Africa. Uh, sorry, to Australia. At Australia. And my boat wading, wakeboarding coach, uh, Gary Butter, passed away from a motorcycle accident. Oh, they're so dangerous. Yeah, so <laughs> that was really hard for me because I was, I was this prodigy. And, you know, we were like best friends. And so I had a hard time with that, but moving to Australia, I just had to, I had to it was starting again for me, just in life, just yeah. because it's another country, you're starting again, and you don't really know what's going on, but I had my dad that was very supportive. And um, yeah, so I continued doing water skiing and riding behind the boat in Australia. And there was a point in my career where I had to choose, I had to choose what direction, and um, I got to a point in my water skiing that I needed a coach every single day. And he was in Brisbane and I was in Cairns, Australia. So it was kind of hard. And I got to a point where I couldn't push myself to that elite level and get further. So I chose boat wakeboarding at that point. 
just because you can do that more without a coach or more free without it um, as far as progressing yeah it's just you know I got to a point where I could put my own um, my own influence in it and it was something that I could go big and I could do tricks that I wanted to do and learn new things and it was never ending yeah. and to me that's you you start you want that you want to you want to try something new and every day you're learning something new yeah. whereas for skiing I kind of got to a point where I was like it was repetitive yeah and which so, is kind of the opposite of why you're doing it I'm sure yeah 100%. you want to be creative yeah I want to be creative and really you know have my own input and style and you know everyone does things differently and there's not you, you, you're learning stuff every day yeah you know it's it's never ending like if you say I've mastered something, I'm like, no, I can learn more and more, you know, and the guys give me that push. Yeah. Um, okay, many questions. <laughs> uh, injuries, um, wakeboarding, any? None. Really? None. Knock on Touch wood. wood. Yeah, no. <laughs> what about skiing, water skiing? Um, none. Wow. So I think it's because I started water skiing from five and a half years old. Holy shit. <laughs> so I was competing internationally since I was 12. Wow. So I think having that background, um, three events skiing, so jump, trick, and slalom, has built my muscles up to a point where wakeboarding, I was so strong, and I'm still strong, that I don't have those industry, uh, injuries. That's good. Yeah, I noticed in, in skating, um, if you get into it young and people teach you how to go slow and learn the fundamentals mm. and stretch, the injuries are far fewer, you know? Yeah, definitely. For me, it was a little opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I just got into skating and no one no one taught me anything so I just went for it and then I had injuries and just battled injuries like uh, shit that probably didn't need to happen yeah. but, um, okay so what was the lifestyle change from Australia I mean from uh, South Africa to Australia was it a big change in lifestyle um, definitely like you know you can walk down the streets in cans and not worry you yeah. know? so in that respect 100% and I thought moving to Australia, like, they are really into sports and outdoors. And it's just a whole different ball game over there, you know. Yeah. Um, I will always be true South African. I think, you know, where your roots are, you will always miss that a little bit. Yeah, 100. And um, that's something, being in Australia, I've been there for, what, um, probably going on to 10 years now. So now after, it took me about five years to like Australia and to really like adapt to it because the Australian mentality in South Africa is very different. Yeah. So it's like, it's night and day. It's like Americans and Australians. You're t two different people, you know? So yeah. I really had to just embrace it and just start to just let go a little bit and just open up to the Australian mentality and the culture and so it took me a little bit to just fit in yeah. um, with my own self, just to get new, new friends and things like that. But the one thing that helped me was I was very lucky that the cable park opened 15 minutes down my house. Nice. Where my, where my dad, um, he had a beautiful house that he, um, he built for his um, wife and things like that. And um, yeah, I, uh, the cable park opened and my dad, so my dad was really influential in my life. And he said, you know what, let's go, let's go to the kale park, you can train for your boat riding, it will be perfect, nice. something different. And I was like, yeah, you got a point. And I absolutely loved cable wakeboarding. Sick. And I just wanted to go every day to the park because it was right there. And I was doing university at the time, and I wouldn't even go to my lectures because <laughs> I'd be like, 
yeah, I'm going wakeboarding. He's like, did you go to lecture? I'm like, yeah, I did, but I went wakeboarding. He's like, don't make sure you don't fail. Yeah, and right. I'm like, I will not fail. I will pass with high distinctions and distinctions. So I had a lot of drive and a lot of focus. And um, a lot of people used to tell me, why, why, why are you rocking up university? I'm wet, dripping wet. And I'm like, I just went wakeboarding. So <laughs> I would go literally like I'd have a half an hour break. I'd scoot to the cable park, ride for my 20 minutes, half an hour, and then run back and like do some lectures. Nice. So I was really like pushed. I pushed myself a lot. What were you going to university for? Um, I went there for international business and tourism. Nice. Do you feel like it, uh, it helps you? It opened my eyes to the world. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much what it did because I was a really late developer in life. Um, yeah, like a lot of girls, you know, they're growing, they they're developing a lot earlier. So I developed a lot later. So picking up on things took me a lot of um, years to understand. Yeah. So when I was in university, I was grateful because it opened my eyes to the world and it gave me, it's, it just let me look at things differently. I like a different perspective mm, on yes, things. Yes, in business and marketing and things like that. And my dad was really business orientated. So he was like, I'm good at that. Learn that. You need to know that. So. What does your dad do for work? So um, my dad uh, was an exporter. Okay. So that was his um, trade. He exported. He um, did guano and bat droppings and salt really? and hake and stuff like that. <laughs> he handles bat shit. <laughs> it's good for compost. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah. Do you ever watch the um, <coughs> When Nature Calls, Ace Ventura <laughs> and Guano? <right>? Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite movies ever. That's hilarious. He's, he's great. Um, okay, yeah. I wanted to ask you. On my show, I jump around a bit, so bear with me. Um, how do you turn pro in wakeboarding? Like, is it through competitions? There's a lot of aspects. Yeah. The industry's changed a lot in the last couple of years. Is that because of the internet? I feel like everything's changed because of the 100%. Internet. Social media, you can get things now so easy that, um, you know, you don't heavily have to rely on competitions. But when I first started, um, for me, I wanted a world champion title. I wanted to, because that's the quickest way to get your name out there. Yeah. And I'm talking like what, um, I got 2012, I was a world champion, double world champion. Nice. So I was the first girl to get that. But years before, I'd get third, third, second, second, third, third. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? You know, like <laughs> irritating. But yeah, you're me, so close to the, to the first. Yeah, like, and that's another ball game in itself, but... When I first started cable wakeboarding, competitions were really important. Yeah. And it was it was a way to get your name out there and to um, to get that standard and just to know let no uh, let people know who you are. Yeah, because with competition, it seems we were talking about this before we went on air, but like competition's a tough one because there's brands, there's a whole industry and a whole machine behind a competition, you know, and there's politics and there's oh yeah, but but they do create a show. So if you can win that show, your notoriety is pretty big. Like, I notice people that win the competitions, they build careers off of that. Yeah, they because, can do. Yeah, it's not it's not the only way, but it's a fast way. If you can win, fucking by all means, pull yeah. that shit off. That's good that you yeah. were able to pull that off. Yeah. Does it weird saying you're world champion? Weird. Yeah, does it feel weird saying no, that? No, not at all. Because for me, coming from a competitive, obviously, everything comes from something. And I started from water skiing. So in my mind, winning a world championship title was something I thought that was highly important. Yeah. 
you know, to get my name out there and to be the first girl to win that double champion was, um, you know, I turned heads a little bit. Nice. But it's not all about that now. Yeah. You know, it was about that back then. <clears throat> and a lot, of our, a lot of the pros that were in it did that. They, they were all there at the competition. So it was a lot, there was a lot more... Um, I don't know, competitive edge back then. Yeah. Whereas now a lot of the pros don't go to competitions. They don't go to those world champion titles. Yeah. Because it's, it's not important anymore. Well, it's nice, it's nice where you're at because you have those ac- accolades. You know, mm. you have those. You can say you have those. So you don't necessarily have to go do it again. You can build your career in different a- avenues and yeah. find different ways to, yeah. to branch out yeah. and grow, which is cool. And, but you got the titles. Yeah, because I think it's important. Like, some companies really want to see that. Yeah. They want to go, well, where were you ranked? Yeah. You know, and other companies don't really care. So for me, I'm, I just wanted to reinvent myself every year. I wanted to concentrate on competitions, get my ranking out there, be a world champion title. Then the following year, I wanted to just concentrate on getting in magazines, videos. So every year, I'm trying to do something different. Yeah, you're building a career. Yes. Because most people... In all avenues. Yeah, most people... A lot of people come out the gates and they'll do really well right away, especially competition-wise, but then they don't know how to carry that on mm. and build a career off of it, you know? I've yeah. seen a lot of people win shit, have all the fame, notoriety, the money, the sponsors, and then like three years later, they're not winning anymore, and they didn't do the the background work to build a career off of the lifestyle and with the industry, you know? Yeah, and, and they true. fade away into obscurity. Yeah, so it's good. it sounds like it's you're on the right path of building a, a hopefully a long career. Yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, when you win a world champion title, you think that you know opportunity opportunities are going to come from that. Yeah. And you know, because that's that's you think that's so important, but sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Like in in my instance, winning the 2012 world champion title and being the first girl to win double, which was actually a real bonus. You know, I thought companies would approach me. Yeah, you're like, they're going to be flooding in. <laughs> yeah, you think that. You wish. It's like surfing, it happens like that. Yeah. But in wakeboarding, cable wakeboarding, at no, by all means, it doesn't do that. Yeah. You know, so that was a bit disheartening, and I had to put myself again out there, you know. I was the first girl to have a front cover as a bikini issue. <laughs> like, nice. Not even on my wakeboard. <laughs> so, you know, I've had, I have so many credentials and accolades that you know I thought opportunities would come so and it didn't so I was just like okay what do I need to do to change to try to you know get my name out there in another lot maybe I need to just be in magazines and get videos and concentrate on that rather than the contest side because contests are expensive to go to yeah and sometimes the prize money you don't even make your money back fuck you know like (laughs) you're just breaking even like I always had to I spent all my money to get to places like all everything I've done is all on my own hard work. I work two jobs, you know, I um, I'd run from university to ride and work two jobs. I didn't sleep at all yeah. just to make it overseas because that was my drive and it gave me that drive to go, man, this is what I want and I accomplished it. And then the next year I sold my car to get overseas. Nice. So everything I've done has not come from people going, yeah, here's a sponsorship, you know, go yeah. and do it. But I was lucky to obtain a few sponsors throughout my career to help me financially be able to to get from A to B. Who was the first sponsor? So, um, wow, my first sponsor was, um, geez. So I was, um, 
I was writing for Liquid Force Australia at the time. Liquid Force? Yes. So it was just an Australian, um, it wasn't global or anything, it was Liquid Force Australia. And they approached me and gave me free boards. How do you think they noticed you? Did you win? Was this when you were winning competitions? or? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they noticed me through um, winning a few local competitions in Australia. So that's where contests come in, and it's a real great um, situation if you can do a contest and meet people at the contest. Yeah. And that's probably where contests are good. You meet people there. Yeah. Um, whereas you probably don't meet them anywhere else. Yeah, there's, there's... If you're new to the sport. Yeah. There's dudes in skating that go to competitions and they never won anything. I was one of those dudes that barely won. I'd always kind of just like get hurt or like yeah. blow it but I would always meet people because yeah. I was super excited to be there and all these people love skating and mm -hmm. were there and then I would network and meet people and then you build yeah. these relationships yeah. and then they see your passion and it's pretty rad. Yeah, that's where contest is, is amazing. That's why any girl that comes on board or anything like that and they say, I don't want to be a contest rider. I'm like, you don't need to be but it's the way to get your, your name on the map. It's one no, way, yeah. That's one way to do it. Like, you can do free riding and things like that, and I'm sure there's another way where your sponsors love that as well, you yeah. know? So, so the first sponsor comes in, and uh, are they giving you free product? Did you get a paycheck? Or? No, so I didn't get a paycheck at all. Um, they gave me free boards. Nice. And I rode it um, on their product. Absolutely loved it. And um, I wanted to go overseas, and they said, okay, you can take that. Uh, one board and you could sell it overseas to pay for your trip to get there that's sick <laughs> so that gave me an opportunity I was like oh fantastic like I can sell that board to, to get some money to go um, and travel to um, England so I went to England and learned cable wakeboarding and stayed then rode every single day oh right so I that was an opportunity for me to just push push myself even more and I was working as well so I had all that money to to just blow while I was overseas to support myself you know nice. what I mean yeah and um yeah so it was it was hard to do that and um so I proved myself and then you know I came back and I said hey can you support me a little bit more and they said okay we'll give you another board two boards to sell and at the time like um I was like okay fair enough but you know, for me, it was I was little. Like it was, it's hard to do that to sell a product. With. Yeah, you're slanging boards at this point. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, what if, what if I'm only going to get 200 bucks for it? Like, how am I going to live? How am I going to get from A to B? Like, you know? Yeah. Because um, yeah, so I made sure that I worked at um, two jobs just to have income that I saved. So if anything went wrong, I would have that. Yes, yeah, a fail safe. <laughs> what kind of jobs were they? Um, so um, I worked at Gloria Jean's Coffee. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Rip Curl. Rip Curl. Yeah. Clo uh, Rip Curl's apparel. Uh, um, yeah, it was a clothing store in Cairns. Oh, okay. And so. I, I've never had a job before, and I was lucky to get that job because the people that were the managers loved wakeboarding. Oh, and perfect. And they gave me a shot because nice. I had no resume. Like I never had to work. My dad never forced me to work, but I knew I needed to do that just to just to be able to travel. So it's retail, you're just dealing with customers, ringing yeah, people up, retail. cleaning, nice. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. good, it's good to have that experience, yeah. you know, because that's your, if you're all at the bottom falls out on everything, you, you know, you have a yeah. little work ethic, you can figure it all yeah. out. See, I was really lucky because my dad, you know, he did support me a lot when I was young and he never forced me to go get a job and things like that. But ever since he passed away from um, motor neuron disease. What's that? Um, so you know the ice bucket challenge? Yes. 
So it's the worser form of that. It's not ALS, it's motor neuron disease. Motor neuron disease. Yeah. Yeah. So it's your cells that attack your nervous system and it just deteriorates. Wow. So, um, is it, is it a, so it's the worst form of ALS? Yes. My, my good friend, uh, Rob Ponce. What up, Rob? Um, we throw events. We throw three, four events every year. Um, we, I, I'm just a part of it. Like I don't, okay. I didn't organize any of it. I wish I was, I did. But my buddies throw this whole event, and I come and I just be a part of it and kind of build hype. And uh, he, he, he got ALS, and we raise money for his families and stuff. And uh, it's horrific. Yeah, it it's is. fucking horrific. Yeah. I didn't know there was something worse. No. And you had. Does, does it happen like ALS? Like, um, does it progressively get worse? And is it the same same concept? Same concept, but with ALS, you have a chance of living. Yeah. For yeah. the rest of your life, whereas M and D, you literally could be three weeks, a week, three months, six months, a year, ten years, fifteen, twenty. It doesn't have like, um, yeah, it doesn't have that date, and yeah. you don't know what it's going to do. So. But that for me was probably, and still today, it's the hardest thing to to talk about. But I can talk about it because my dad is looking at me now going, wow, you are doing something that I've always wanted you to do. Like, I wanted you to do 1080s, 900s. Like, why couldn't you do that when you were 12? Because he's like, why couldn't you be like these, these skateboarders and the, the snowboarders where you're throwing all these big tricks, you know? Yeah. So um, I was really lucky to have my dad in my life and... You know, he was my mum and, and my dad, and we immigrated, and he was my everything. And having him not around me and not supporting me and not seeing where I could go and help me get further yeah, was really, it was it was hard for me, you know. And um, I can only imagine. Yeah, so I didn't really tell people, I didn't really tell people that he was ill. It was something so difficult for me, and, you know, all, like, all my sponsors dropped me, and... Um, my cable park um, wanted me f to pay for a, a membership and stuff like that, and I didn't know what to do. Like, uh, I was in such a bad place that I was like, well, what do I do? I was so, you know, yeah, vulnerable. You, your and, world's falling apart. Yeah, it felt like my world was... And I, I literally was like, you know what, bugger this, I'm just going to move down to, to the Gold Coast, and I'm just going to surf every day and finish my university down there. I needed a change. I needed to get out because it was so much of my dad and his life, and he wanted to... You know, this was him starting again at, at what, he was 60? Yeah. You know? When, That's so hard to do. Yeah, he started again. It was like California back in the day for him. It, you know, he wanted to immigrate there and start a new life. So he was looking beyond 10 years, 20 years, you know? Yeah. And for him just to have that disease, it was it was horrific. You know, I had to push him in a wheelchair and and it went from one minute to the next for him. He started with a, a drop foot. And then within like three months, he was in a wheelchair, and within six months, he was gone. Man, I'm so sorry. So it, yeah, you know, my dad was the one who got me into everything, and I, I don't know. Now I like, I wish he could be on this journey with me and to to guide me and to show me, and you know, I hope I'm doing everything right, and I've always done everything on my own, but. And he yeah. is, he is, because yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't be who you are without no, him. So no, like, definitely. you're keeping him going yeah. for sure. That's how that works. Yeah. So, so for wakeboarding, it's me going to the cable park every day. Was it was an, me traveling as well? Just didn't let me think about all that. It, it was like emotional release for me. I um, 
I would ride and everything would just go away. You know? Yeah, I can relate. And I would just go all the time to the park and I'd just keep it as busy as I could. Yeah. Because when I'm not busy and going, 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 I just, I, I tend to like think a lot about that. So I kind of embrace that. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, traveling just made me, and those goals, setting those goals and achieving those goals was one way to kind of escape and yeah. just to, you know, keep going. I, I, I can understand that 100%. When you have like a pain in the heart, it's like some things happen in life that are, you're never going to get over. I was just telling someone that the other day. I was like, losing a loved one, obviously. It never, you're never gonna get older. Like, I lost my father when I was 12, and I'm 33, and there's days where I just think about it, and like, there's nothing I, it eats me up inside, you know? Oh, like, for I, sure. you, fan, you figure out how to manage, yeah. you figure out how to get through, <laughs> but you still, like, you'll never get over. I just, my listeners know, I just had to put my dog down, like, a day before I left for this. Oh, wow. And that was so horrific. It was my first time ever doing it, and it's like, <laughs> that one I I told my friend I was like yeah I'm, this is like I lost someone again you know like I'm like this one is gonna come back it's never gonna go away no and it, it's it's a part of your um your life you'll always miss yeah you'll you, always miss you it. can manage to get on but yeah. there's gonna be those days or those weeks where it comes back and you're just it's gonna be there until yeah. you're gone you know yeah. like it sucks like my my parents divorced when I was 12 years old like really young yeah and my mom um I lived with my mom. And she's an amazing lady, and um, she decided to move to Slovakia where she was um, born and raised. And so my dad was like my mum for me. Yeah. And being a girl, like, you know, that's hard. It's strange. It's, it's strange, <laughs> you know. And I'm a tomboy because I have two older brothers. Oh, nice. And they live in Switzerland, and they're fantastic. They they support me through they, – they're like my father figures. Nice. And so, you know, I was young, and, you know, not having a mum with me was a little bit harder. So – but my dad was that mum, mum, dad kind of role. So when I immigrated to Australia and not having him, was it was devastating for me because he was like my everything. You know, I'm I feel like I'm I'm my dad every day. Like I do stuff and I'm like, whoa, that's my dad would do that. You know, <laughs> but yeah. So it was just like your dad walks you down the aisle, you know, and not not involving him. And he was such a, a fun fun guy he played music he was like the life of the party nice and you know in my wakeboarding now i just i wish people could meet him i wish they could you know interact with him and get to know him because he was such a fantastic guy but i'm very lucky to have my mum and my brothers supporting me sweet i'm i'm very impressed with how much he traveled <laughs> it's pretty crazy to like go all over the place and just like to be able to uh, blend in and be a part of culture and switch is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you, who supports you now? Who supports me now in um, sponsor, sponsor wise. wise? Yeah. So, um, right now or a couple of years ago? Um, let's do current and then current? we can go back. Yeah. Okay, so I just got um, on the international team for Liquid Force. Nice. And then I just got picked up by ProTech. Nice, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. how we met. <laughs> which is which is so awesome because I contacted him three years ago, but yeah, it took three years to go. Oh my gosh, I'm part of ProTech. Um, I have uh, Rick, uh, Breathe Boardwear that support me as well. It's Breathe. Yes. Breathe Boardwear. So they're part of Cystic Fibrosis. Nice. Um, and I I've been supported by Ricks and Cableways as well. Nice. But obviously, you know, I'm trying to make sure that I get supported again because I was supported by them last year and I'm trying to figure that out now while I'm in Surf Expo. 
and then Follow Wake, which is a life jacket company from Australia. Nice. Uh, yeah, I was try- I, I'm kind of asking the sponsors because I don't even know what equipment you need for wakeboarding. So you need a helmet, you need yeah. a, a life jacket, jacket um, apparel, like a wetsuit or something? Yes, wetsuit. It would be nice to have a board truck company. Nice. Um, you need a board, and that's pretty much it. You can also have an eyewear company, but to wakeboard you just need a helmet. Life jacket and a board. <laughs> nice. Do, do the pros in wakeboarding have like pro models with their names and yes, all that stuff? Yes, they do. Oh, that's cool. They do. And, and there's like um, the industry, there's industry, there's industry. Yeah, so Alliance Wake is a great um, media outlet for wakeboarding. Right. They're, they're an American. You've got Union Wakeboarder, that's American and Australian. You've got Wake Australia. So you've you got Cable, which is U- Cable Magazine, which is European. Nice. Um, so you've got a bunch of magazines out there that support wakeboarding. Nice. Which is really great to see. Okay, so what are your future goals? What, from moving here on after Surf Expo, what are you working towards? Man, I I feel like I've just started again. Yeah. Like being on the international level of um, Liquor Force and having these new sponsors that I'm about now with ProTech and so forth. It's me reinventing myself to something new. So people haven't seen a side of me. So my goal is to really get some awesome edits out. Yeah. To promote those companies that are supporting me now. Yeah, that's an awesome idea. And um, because I want to work with them long term. And for me, uh, relationship building, relationship is really important. So my goal is to, yeah, to get in more magazines and to do some really great content of me wakeboarding. And to just, um, you know, get involved in coaching a little bit. Get these young kids involved and, you know, be a, be a role model for the girls out there. That's beautiful. That's, that's something that's really important to me. I, you know, I want us to grow together, but I want all us girls to come together and, you know, I want to work with them. And I want their support as well. So that it's it's awesome that you say that. And I, I do I do skateboard lessons, and uh, I don't have to do that, but I really enjoy doing that because it, I take away as much, if not more, from the lessons than I think I give. You know, like because to me, I do a lesson with a young kid, and I'm showing them the fundamentals again, which is making me relive the fundamentals. So I'm having fun, but I'm also staying super sharp on my board. Because I'm teaching them how to balance, center balance, and how to be safe. And so I'm practicing that all the time. So then when I'm out trying to film a trick or push myself, it's like my fundamentals are so sharp, you know? So, But the best part about lessons, and I'm so glad you said you're doing those, is that that's you're taking on the responsibility of uh, being a professional and building up the next generation by doing those lessons, by, like, sharing the joy, the passion, mm-hmm. showing them, and, like, that's so crucial if you want to build industry, you know? That's yeah, definitely. That's majorly important. That's awesome you do that. Do you do that through um, the water park near you, or...? Uh... So, the cable, so I just moved to the Gold Coast, mm-hmm. and a cable park is... We've got one 40 minutes away, Logan, and then we've got one two and a half hours away. Nice. So it's called Blah Blah Wake Park. Blah Blah? Blah Blah. <laughs> that's Some fun. people call it, say Bleebly, but it's called Blah Blah. Blah Blah, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so they do They do some coaching up there. They have a, a grom squad. they got a squad up there. And I go and I get involved with that. Awesome. And um, so I don't have a car at the moment because I just moved. So um, me, and my, me and my boyfriend, Matty Hass, who's also a fellow wakeboarder and a world champion, he, um, we share the car. Nice. <laughs> so we kind of we go up there and he, does the, he can concentrate on the males and I can concentrate on the females. And sometimes I coach the guys as well because they're like, we want to get taught by you, Ange, as well. So yeah. it's, it's great to see that the boys, the young kids, are asking for me as well. That's right. So I want to – there's a new cable park um, that's going to be opening up 
uh, Gold Coast Wake Park. Nice. And I can't wait for that to open. Yeah. Because once that opens, it's going to just give me that availability. Just, just go 30 minutes and it's right there. So I can get a team together and I can really co- concentrate on coaching Sick. kids. And, and get like a crew together underneath me that can you know, aspire to be um, professional in wakeboarding. Or a world champion. Yeah, or nice. world champion. Or give them something that you know, keeps them out of trouble. You know, it gets, gets kids that really can't afford a boat to just come to a wake park and, um, you know, get them off the street a little bit and give them something that they can just have fun and bring their friends to and just ride. And cable is such a great um, atmosphere, yeah. you know. We're just a family environment, you know. We want people just to be cable, cable courtesy and just have fun and just band together. And, and that's what I think cable does. It opens that that generation where you don't need $200,000 just to have a boat. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You know, which is, geez, I can't afford it. No. I was very lucky to have a dad that went, you know, here's a boat because you you showed me that you can be a world champion. Now this is for you to perform. Yeah. You know, but I had to sell that for his for his disease. So Yeah. And so I didn't have a boat. And I, and I can relate to kids that, you know, don't know how because wakeboarding can ex- can be expensive. It's it, it, the thing I've always said this, and I'm sorry to s- cut you off, but um, that's the ju- beauty of skateboarding is that once you get the board, it's a, you know it's a hundred, hundred thirty bucks, but that board mm. lasts forever, and you could literally just go outside and skate flat ground or go to a city and just explore. Whereas like for me, I always wanted to snowboard or do other things, but you need to all the equipment, you need to pay for the park, you need like it's so expensive. So, yeah, to to be able to have a, to own a boat is so ridiculous. To have yeah. a park to just go to where you could have a membership, you could hustle up that money, and then you can still do it. Yeah. That's crucial. And that the problem with the thing, the problem with the sports that cost so much money is they they um, exclude whole population of people that could have joy and happiness from the same thing that they're yeah. enjoying. You know, which I don't know if they're doing. They're not trying to do that, but it's just like if you got to go golf, you got to be part of the members club, and it's all this money that comes involved, and yeah. then. It's almost like um, exclusive, you know, which, yeah, which it, is, sucks, I think. Yeah, it's hard. Like, <laughs> it's expensive. I'm not going to lie. It's really expensive. So I think that's why cable comes in really nicely because it caters to the general public. Yeah. And, you know, you can bring your families and have a good time. Even if you, you're scared to try it for the first time, you know, you can, you can hang out at the wake park on your own turf and you can see what it's all about. Yeah. You know, you don't need to spend all that money just to be able to have a go. Yeah. You know, you can watch and you can entertain yourself and there's families and kids and then, you know, you can try it out. Uh, I'm going to switch it up a little bit here. You, I got two questions which are kind of the same. One is, do men and women compete against each other and have you ever competed against your man? <laughs> <laughs> so in Cable Wake, when it's completely separated, yeah. you got the pro men and the pro ladies yeah. and you got amateurs as well and like the girls category and the boys category. Why? So why, why is that? Just, you know, the guys are just doing a lot more harder tricks and, it, and the girls are, aren't up to that level yet. Is it like, uh, I th- the only thing I can think of that's kind of similar is like UFC because like if a like there's just physical things that men yeah. there's just a limitations you know and until I guess steroids are legal and then they can just like and then they can fight each other <laughs> you know I don't I think it's just um, separating the uh, it's just separating the, the, the talent of I don't 
skateboarding is similar. Yeah, like the girls, girls and guys and... compete separately, and there's a the level of progression. I think because guys gravitate, a lot of guys have gravitated to skateboarding before women, but now it's becoming more equalized, which is awesome. Yeah. Because I want everyone to have yeah. the joy, you know. But the levels are still they're starting to blur a little bit. But for a long time, men were very dominant. Yeah, and 100%. women weren't, you know, no. but it's changing a bit. Yeah, yes. it is. And it's good to see, like, that we have got a lot of girls um, separate to the guys because um, it pushes it pushes us, you know, on our level of riding. Yeah. I think sometimes riding with the guys definitely pushes you further. Yeah. And that's why I look up to the guys a little bit more because they do tricks that I want to do. Yeah, that's nice. You know what I mean? And when I ride sometimes with the girls, it's like, you know, you can't, they probably maybe not doing the tricks that you want to do or you can do or, you know, so you, the level isn't there, of course not. Yeah. But I think riding together and having girls being part of the sport is so important. Massively. It's really important. You know, you don't want to be segregated or pushed away. And there are events where they don't even um, mention girls or have us be able to have the opportunity. Yeah. And I feel like we should have the opportunity, especially if there's a couple of us that, you know, we can compete with them. Yeah. Why not? Give yeah. us a go. Let us let us try get there because we can I, I believe I can do some of the tricks that the guys are doing and there are girls doing some of the tricks that guys are doing. Yeah. You know, so I don't think it's about being a female or a male. I just think you need that opportunity and you know, they need to be mentors for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? They could co- they could coach us or give us some some advice to to get to where they are because they they started from from nothing as well. Yeah. You all learn and it's all a learning curve and if you have the right technique and the right um, people around you and the right training, you know I don't see why not a girl can be like that. All right, jumping around again. Is there um do you have any specific diets or do you you talk about training like uh, workouts anything like that? I think for me, I like to be healthy. Yeah. So, you know, if you're healthy, your career's gonna last a lot longer. Yeah. You know, everyone's different, but for me, I like to just be active. I'm super active every day, so I've definitely experimented with my body about eating right and not eating right and eating junk food. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And going to Switzerland and eating cheese bread and like, I mean like, and sweets and lollies. And you see a difference with your performance, with the way your body works and how you wake up in the morning. So I think having a good diet is definitely important because, you know, your body is, it's it's important. It's how you're doing it all. Yeah, it's... You, the um, machine, you need to keep the you machine. You know, you want to wake up and you want to feel good. Like, you know, you go out drinking and, I, and the next morning you're just like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? You Wait, know did what I you mean? see me the other night? <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's always good to have a party. Some, You know, you can't be too stringent. You have yeah. to have a good time. But for me, it's um, being healthy is really important. Because what about exercise? Because I, I, I was skating. My buddy, uh, Nick Dompierre, he's pro skateboarder, and he recently got into fitness and working out, and he is racked, uh, ripped. He looks like a fucking superhero, for real. Yeah. And I'm a pro skateboarder, and I'm, you can see what I am. I'm not ripped. <laughs> I don't really work out because I skate so much that I'm constantly sore. Um, yeah. What about you? Do you work out, or is it just the physical act of wakeboarding? Because it's a lot of upper body oh, strength, 100%. Right? Yeah. Wakeboarding makes you bulky. Like, it Core, really, too, right? I mean, oh, it makes you... It gives you guns. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was noticing. You got some... You remind me of my lady. You got, like, some 
It's nice. Yeah, because everything's... It's your whole body. When you go wakeboarding, I tell you, if you've never wakeboarded, the next day you'll be rolling out of your bed. <laughs> it is head to toe. You didn't think you had butt muscles. I swear, when you wakeboard, you definitely feel every part of your muscles in your body. Nice. So it's a lot of um, impact. And I like to just... Um, I like to surf. Nice. Just because it, it helps me with my upper body. It gives me a little bit of different flow and, you know, works different muscles that wakeboarding doesn't. I like to run, but running is bad for your knees. Yeah. Just because wakeboarding is a lot of impact. So I tend to ride my bike a lot. Yeah. To um, just work on muscles that wakeboarding doesn't really help you with. Yeah, you'll be way more well-rounded. You get yes. the muscles from wakeboarding, mm -hmm. then you work on these other things. Yeah. You'll be tight. Yeah. How fast do you go when, uh, when you're being pulled? Ooh, well, the cable pulls you at about 32 kilometers per hour, so I reckon you'll go, yeah, 32, 33. Is it, is it impact, like when you eat shit, is it bad? Is it, have you ever, like, scorpion? Do you know what that is? Like, oh, yeah, 100%. I've had a flat face edge where my board's just caught their tips and I've just gone, Does it feel like being face. tackled? Oh, it's, it's so crazy. Once I had my face on the water, straight, like a belly flop, but with your face and your whole body <laughs> at like 32 kilometers at, by force. And the impact, I thought, I tried to open my eyes and I thought that I didn't have eyeballs left. I oh thought they God. were in the back of my head. <laughs> and like, they were going to like spill out in front of me because it was so sore. Gnarly. And yeah, you definitely get scorpion on a wakeboard and it hurts because you get stretched out. So imagine your body's on the floor and you've got like a huge truck rolling over you. It's, oh it's, my God. it's kind of painful. So foam rolling is definitely something that I've adopted <laughs> and helps a hell of a lot. And Epsom salt baths. Yeah. And so. stretching. So w warming up before you ride is really important to prevent injury. And stretching after when you warm, so after a shower, is hundred times you need to do that yeah. if you want a long career it's you need to be really careful with what you do nice and just be really strong okay switching gears again <laughs> i want to go back to the show um is there a big weight community at this surf expo and um it's i mean it's show's already been good for you because i saw we went by pro tech and they had a box of goodies for you you were meeting rp the brand manager who is one of my really really good friends who's been on this podcast and uh so how's the show been for you and is there a big weight community here oh there's a huge weight community so we we come to surf expo purely for this yeah around the world all of us travel here because of this right because it's important like for me um you know now it's i don't want to come to surf expo and think it's just a party and that's it for me it's really important to meet the people I've been emailing um, in Australia that I haven't met face to face. So it's a great opportunity to be able to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation and they get to know you on a personal level. Yeah. And that to me is really important to build that friendship and that relationship. Especially if you, you're looking at a long career and you oh, yeah. they want to support you to get to know the person and, and really face-to-face -face yeah. is crucial. Yeah. And they show all the brand new product for, for 2017, for the years, for next year. Sick. So, and no one knows about it. So you're seeing stuff now that's going to just be released. And that makes you so excited. Yeah. And you can see it in person and you can chat to them and you can just, you know, you, you kind of know who's going to support you and who you can have this great relationship with. And you can, you can just talk about stuff that you don't really get to talk about on emails because emails can be quite dead. So, yeah. you know, to me, um, this was the most successful surf expo ever. Awesome. Which... Like, I came here with the mindset going, you know what, I've got, 
I want to be a business mind now and I want to go for the opportunities and I want to meet people on the right contacts. Yeah. And I went full force with that. And um, it's really been a great, great thing for me. You know, I didn't, I didn't come here just going, I'm just going to party and just have a great time. I came here purely to spend the money, but to spend it right. Yeah. And to good. meet those content contacts. Make the investment. Yeah. Make sure you're coherent. Yeah, because <laughs> I want to move forward. I want to go into 2017, planning out, having goals, reaching those next goals. And I've got that fire under my belly just signing um, with these companies. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I've been looking, searching for this for a long time. And I'm glad to have the opportunity now, and they value me as a person. Right. And That's I've I've worked I've worked really hard to get where I am, and having Protex sign me and Liquid Force, you know, all that hard work that and those struggles I've gone through, it's paying off. Yeah. But I've I've made sure I've had that goal in the back of my mind, and I don't give up. I think for everyone out there, like, don't give up. If you've got a dream, and someone telling you you can never get there go for it because you can do whatever you freaking want yeah you just got to have the persistence and that drive and the people and and the right people around you a lot of it, a lot of it is just testing yourself so i i truly believe the better you understand who you are which is through testing yourself through going yeah. out there and failing and failing and fucking failing yeah. and failing and failing and even succeeding because then you got to know how you can how you'll handle that as well yeah. so the more experience you have the more you understand yourself and the more you understand yourself you'll know that you can't really fail you no. know because you just keep going you keep going so and i truly believe that inches add up and if you're the one of the most important things to success is your mental state yeah because i realize a lot of people they want things so bad they want it to happen so bad but they're mentally not able to pull it off no, because they don't have discipline, they don't have focus, they don't even, they've never tested themselves, they don't know how they're going to, and then they hit these walls, and these walls they feel like they failed, so then they give up. And then these are the same people that go yeah. around and spread that poison, like, oh, yeah. it's harder, you mm -hmm. can't do it, and then it's like, it sucks. So I think if you know who you are and yeah. you know what you need in life, then you can build off those needs, and as long as you keep your mental state um, healthy, and you're able to be optimistic and see the silver linings and build yeah. off of them, you'll have a pocket full of change that you can do cool shit For with. For sure. And it's timing. It's all about timing. Yeah, absolutely. Capitalizing you know? on those and times. And sometimes you want it now, 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 and it won't come. Yeah. And it's like, okay, why didn't, why? You're always asking yourself, why? What can I do to change? What can I, you know? And it's, yeah, it's all about timing. You just got to be persistent. And, you know, if, you, if you're searching for an opportunity, you know, Email them, like for instance, Protect, I emailed them three years ago. I like that you did that. Yeah, I emailed them three years ago and uh, someone said to me, oh, you'll never get, you'll never get these sponsors. And I'm like, why, what makes me different from anyone else? Yeah. I'm like, why, you gotta just try yeah. and keep trying. And then once, you know, once that timing's right, hopefully they jump on board. And if they don't, don't be bitter about it. Don't get down, support. Yeah. support others like I want young kids to go man how did you do it or you know how do I get a sponsorship I don't want to not tell them you know things I want to I want to be a role model to say hey this is this is what you need to do you know like these are the avenues you need to take like help them yeah. to get there especially if they have the talent you know yeah. and I feel a lot of people are just for themselves and I haven't been brought up like that I'm you know I I want to give the right advice and for me I 
I said when I started wakeboarding, I never wanted to change. I didn't want the industry to change me. I wanted to stay true to myself and who I am as a person. Yeah. And I think that's really important in whatever sport you are. Yeah. Because you know, a lot of people, they'll get a sponsor and they'll just think, oh my gosh, I'm the shit. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, like you don't need to change you just because of that. Like they got you because of you. Yeah. So keep that. Keep that reality. Keep that realism. I, li- I like it. Um it's good. It's good you have an open mind like that. I, I like meeting people that have uh, an understanding of infinity yeah. because people. There's a lot of people out there that think like a famine mentality where they think there's not enough and they gotta compete and tear others down because there's not no. enough. And I don't believe that no, at all. You need to work together to grow. Be stoked on that person, man. If someone lands a new trick or is in a in a um, spread or a double page spread, you know, doing similar what you do, be stoked on that person. The more, the better. The more we can grow as a community and push it to the general public because with wakeboarding like it is quite small yeah and like i want wakeboarding to be on billboards i want people where they go oh what do you do i'm like wakeboarding they go what is that (laughs) and i always have to say well it's um you know skateboarding on water or it's similar to snowboarding but you know because of the direction that you're traveling kind of thing but they really don't know what it is, and I want to be that girl that changes that. There's got to be one. There's got to be that yeah. person. So it's like Rob Deerdick. <laughs> if Rob Deerdick, you know, he took skateboarding to to the million dollar realm. Yeah. And without, and he was one person. Mass you know appeal. I mean? And with that one person, he did it. So why can't every other sport do it and put it on that big map? Agreed. Is know? it? Uh, that being said, is it in the Olympics? Um, we actually cable wakeboarding missed the Olympics. So skateboarding, <laughs> you know, what? everyone's like, ah, oh, which we should be in there. Or some people are like, oh, no, we shouldn't. So <laughs> Same in skating. Yeah, it's, I'm sure you, yeah, you get it the same. People are like, no, we don't want to be part of that. We don't want to be on this like tight, you can't put stickers on your board kind of thing. you got to wear this product because of that. Um, but the thing with the Olympics is it's going to, it's going <laughs> to, you know, sponsors are going to be interested yeah. So that's the other side of things. Flip the coin on yeah. that one, yeah. I think the X Games is where we're kind of looking at, you know, because um, wakeboarding, it's it's an extreme sport. Yeah. And X Games is, is an extreme sport. Seems like a natural it, fit. Yeah, it's natural and, you know, they're not going to tell you and regiment you and put you in the line of things. And so I know wakeboarding's trying to get into that. And we have X Games Real Wake that was just um, hosted and... Um, Brenton just won it, one of my team riders from Follow. So that was huge, like, for wakeboarding. So there's a lot of things happening in wakeboarding. We just, as, we all need to just be stoked on wakeboarding and really get together and drive it and, you know, work together and just be stoked all together. Does wakeboarding have, um, like, specific wakeboarding shops in there, like, the brands owned by, like, people that came up wakeboarding? Because, like, I think about, like, rollerblading, and I feel like rollerblading never really caught on because it was introduced, from what I think, is from the mall. Like, someone started making rollerblades that just was driven by profit, I feel. And then so kids got into it, and they're buying it from people that are just trying to make a profit. So the culture never really caught on. I never saw rollerbladers opening up rollerblading shops. Like, not you know, it just seems like a casual thing. Like, for wakeboarding, is is there a core? Like a real cool um, yeah there's there's shops we've got a shop uh, called pro wake um, yeah. in Australia that's it's 
it's wakeboarding, but they also have like floatables and ropes and handles. Does and the person that benefit? Does the person that own it? Are they like? Have they been part of the industry? Have yes, they, they had have. careers and stuff yes. in wakeboarding? Okay, yeah. yeah that's so the, Daniel Watkins, he was a pro wakeboarder. Um, he was involved in it and opened up his own shop. That's so important and for then, an industry. Yeah, hundred percent. So you got people like that um, still being involved within within the sport. Because they'll they'll spread the hype. They'll spread the yeah. love. They'll 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 tell the stories, the yeah. narratives. They'll tell yeah. all of it. And they'll do it for yeah. love, not for profit. Yeah. I mean, they'll, you got sometimes you're going to make compromises to bring the profit in to keep yeah. what it's going. But the underlining main importance is the culture and the stories and, yeah. and that. So like, it's important that people like that exist in that. Yeah, like I, you want those those um, big writers back in the day that you looked up to. You know, like Danny Hoff. Like I looked up to Tino Centauri, Danny Hoff as writers. Um, Parks Boniface, Shane, like when us, you know, when the internet wasn't available, yeah, and um, all we did, we would get a video and be like, oh my gosh, we gotta watch this video, <laughs> and like, you know, that was that was your hype. Now it's, you know, social media is to your fingertips. So, I want those writers to continue to just be influenced into our sport, and be there. Don't run away. Yeah, you know, be involved. You know, come to events. Like support the young. Support us. You know, they have to because if they, they, to, if, if they they don't and we go through another recession, it'll decimate the, the industry because yeah. there will be no one there to carry it when the money's not there. 100%. Because it goes in cycles. Yeah, 100%. And that's what I feel like what happened with rollerblading. And I could be wrong, but I see rollerblading and I'm like, well, when there was no money, then everyone just was over it. Yeah, and, and I don't – and like wakeboarding's in a stage where people are like, oh, you know – whatever and i'm like you can't be like that we gotta we gotta be together like we gotta we gotta push it no matter because this the recession like you said is it's gonna happen you're gonna you know the economy is gonna drop and then obviously people aren't buying more and you know like things are gonna cut down they're gonna drop a few people and that happens in every sport yeah but i think you know instead of having the attitude oh like you know screw this screw that forget about this like we just gotta go let's all work together be in the times and you know, stick together because I don't want my sport to die and I don't think it will die. It's actually going to increase and rise up because yeah. there's more cables coming up. There's more boats um, being produced. You know, we've got wake surfing, which is a hit as well. Um, you know, we've got winching to our sport too. So there's, we've got system twos now that are, you know, just, um, you could put them anywhere. We had the wake the line that See. just in Cologne, which is a huge event that just came back on the scene. Um, so little events like that. And it's really important for our sport. And um, no matter what, we just got to, we really just got to help each other. Yeah, and just, just stay steady. Yeah, and those, those big names in the sport need to just keep within the industry and get involved, like the surfing community, you know? Yeah. They do it right, in my eyes, because I've emerged myself a little bit in the surfing back home. So, and I see all the old guys are commentators, and they, you know, they're fully involved with, like, coaching the young kids and they are staying in it for long term. There is a lot of money in surfing, and they've been around for a lot of long time. So I think wakeboarding will get there. Yeah, that's awesome. The people that live it and love it should inherit it and yep. carry on tradition yep. in, in any sport or any lifestyle yep. or anything. Because unfortunately, we all have to, you know, we want a family one day, and, you know, we've got to support ourselves. And, you know, as much as it does suck, sometimes it is about the money, but... I don't think yeah, it's it's that medium that you have, you know. You just you gotta you just gotta remember why you've done it. Yeah. You've done it. I do it for the passion, and it's a part of me. And if I don't ride, I get frustrated. 
So I want to have a kale park one day. Like yeah. That's my ultimate goal. I was going to ask you that earlier. Yeah, like for me, that's my ultimate goal because I don't want to not live a day in my life where I don't have wakeboarding part of me because it's it's my lifestyle and it's something that I get so excited to do. Even if I'm not going to, I don't know, even if I just get that one moment where I can just go around the park and just ride, I'm just like, oh my gosh, yes. Like, <laughs> I'm happy again, you know? Yeah. Because that, it's it, it's a part of me and I want, um, yeah, I want to be involved in it when when I die. <laughs> to to, <laughs> <Till I> die. <laughs> to to kinda of jump back a little bit, to digress a little, um <clears throat> talking about the finance financial thing. Like in skateboarding it was always like that. It was like stay core, keep it poor, blah blah blah. And I get that. They're like don't sell it out or whatever. But I'm not in under the illusion I, I believe that in life you should be able to monetize what you love. That's the ultimate goal I feel. Yeah. Like you should be able to find a way to monetize what you love, that way you can live it and share it. Like, you know, I named the company all I need. If we find our fundamental needs, we can build off of those. So it takes a lot of work to figure out what you need in life, and then you build a foundation and you can build off of that. That doesn't mean you have to whore it out or sell it out, but you can monetize no. it and find ways to have um, income trickling in. And, like, like, you could do competitions, you could have sponsors, you could have a brand, you could find the people that love it. There's ways to monetize it without selling out. You know what I mean? Like, so I just think that's that should be our ultimate goal. Because how many before us? Like, we're inheriting the earth right now. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I uh, just turned thirty. Okay, I'm thirty-three. We are becoming the adults. We are yeah. inheriting the earth, right? Like this. That's what's happening. Yeah. So, so the people before us, how many of them worked just jobs they didn't care about just to make money? Yeah, that seems so drab to me. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, shouldn't we aspire to have? To, to live what we love and monetize it and make money so we can share it and build and build these things and grow it bigger so more people can live it and love it what yeah, they let do. money work for you exactly yeah you know? make the money don't let the money make you <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people have dead end jobs that they absolutely hate desperation quiet yeah. lives are def desperation and they make a lot of money and I can relate to that because after seven years being on tour you know I had to get a job this year yeah like, I had to immerse myself and get a proper income every week because um, the sponsor that I had, they went through some financial some financial problems. Yeah. So I had to push myself to get back into that realization, like, of normal society. Yeah. Like, work every day to have a solid income. But it was the best thing for me. Yeah. As much as people are like, oh, what? Like, okay, like, your life's great. Like, you travel and everything. Mm. But I... Traveling is really difficult. Yeah, you know, expensive. You, and <laughs> you don't know. Like, I relied one year just solely on competition money. I didn't have any income coming in. So if I didn't win, I didn't know how the heck I was going to feed myself or move from A to B. So I put myself on a real, like, a hard thing. So I pushed myself to do that. That's but a lot I, of pressure. A lot of pressure. But yeah. I did it. And I don't know how I did it, but I freaking was focused and I did it. You're strong. Yeah, I was strong. <laughs> and, like... I guess I worked really hard on my wakeboarding that it, it allowed me to do that, you know, so... I applaud you because I've been in that situation. <laughs> I was talking about this prior. I was like, yeah. winning competitions. I've been in that situation and I couldn't do it because I just couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I Like, I could have, I tried. I tried to compete and win the money to yeah. stay afloat and yeah. I just couldn't pull it off. It yeah. takes a strong person yeah, that has to really want to do it yeah. and have that competitive drive and that focus and that discipline. And I didn't have it then. Yeah. It's amazing you have it. It's awesome. Yeah, I think that comes from my competitive water skiing background because I was fully just competition, competition. And um, 
yeah, so I did that and um, now coming back to the Gold Coast and starting a new life and actually having a, a place called home after seven years being on the road, nice. living on my board bag and I'm lucky to have friends that allowed me to stay with them. So my expenses with my accommodation was, w that helped me a lot and yeah. I thank you all of them for helping me with that. Amazing. And, you know, I said to them, you come and stay with me and you can, there's a room for you no matter what, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, you give, and the Wakebook community is so great with that. You know, you can fly wherever and people will house you and accommodate you. Amazing. So that definitely helps. And so I immerse myself and I work at Board Riders in Coolangatta, awesome. which is where the World Surf League is. And they do the first stop of the, um, of the surfing and Snapper Rocks. Yep. So I work there every single day. Um, I like to work on the weekends, but I'm now 38 hours. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm in that is because, you know, it's solid income for me, but it's, it was a great thing for me to do that because I've realized what wakeboarding is, traveling the world and having that freedom yeah. to working a normal nine to five in that. And you really get to appreciate what the heck you have. Yeah. Because I think you, you lose that sometimes. You know, you definitely do. You go, oh, my gosh. And people, you start to uh, uh, adopt what people say. Oh, you know, oh, I hate this. Like, why am I doing this? And you start to do that as well a little bit. And then you take a second and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't be like that. I actually love what I do. Yeah. You know, and when you actually get into a normal job, nine to five, and you really work every single day, Every day I'm in there, I go, man, I can't wait to wakeboard. It makes your time so much more oh, valuable. It is so much more valuable. Like me going to a park, it's valuable time, you yeah. know? And you appreciate. Like, you're chomping at the bit. You're ready to go. Yeah, you're like, you I'm appreciate. free. I'm fucking mm -hmm. free. I'm yeah. free. Let's do this. Dude, me coming into to America <laughs> for this month, I'm like, man, I, I'm go, go, go. I'm like, I can't wait to ride. Let's film. Let's take photos. Let's, you know, network, you know? Because me now, it's like geez, I'm not going to get that time when I go to the summer months because it's go, 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 you know? Yeah. So I'm really thankful that I got pushed to do that Yeah. because you do forget that. And wakeboarding allows you to travel and go to some amazing places you probably wouldn't even think of even going. Like I went to Abu Dhabi, Gnarly. you know, and that was because of the, con the contest. Yeah, it must be so beautiful. Which is amazing, you know. So I'm so thankful with wakeboarding and how it, be able, it got me to travel. But it was also my drive to just go, you know what, I'm going to go and travel. I want to be known globally on an international level. Yeah. So I think it comes down to upbringing and who you are as a person and what goals you want to get. And getting out of your comfort zone. Like, there are so many times I got out of my comfort zone, but, man, it was worth it. Yeah. You know, because you grow and you learn as a person. Ch change is a... Um, oh, it's hard. It's a violent thing. It's like um, when something's growing and changing, it's like if you think like a plant, it's like breaking through soil and it's like forging. It's yeah. it's violent, you know, yeah. and it's turbulent and it's it's scary, but that's like what you have to go through to get to those, those fruits, to yeah. bear those fruits, you know, is yeah. you have to go through the change and be uncomfortable and just persevere and... It sounds like you're yeah. built for this. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, my dad, my dad was a world traveler, so, you know, now you can, you can travel. The world's your oyster. You've got so many flights a day. You can get deals. Like, if you plan in advance, man, you can go wherever you like. And once you start making those connections and those good friends, like, you can stay with them, and they will house you, you know? And if you just say, hey, you come to my place, and I'll house you too, like, people appreciate that, yeah. you know? They really like that. You're not using them. You're just you're building those relationships. And now, 
um, in my professional career, I've made those relationships and I want to stick with the people that value me yeah. and I value them. And, you know, we can work together. And I think that's really important. Beautiful. Well, we're <laughs> a little over an hour. So thank you so much. No problem. And, uh, yeah, if anyone can do it, it's you. If you can, if you, whatever your heart desires and your dreams, I believe you can do it. You've convinced me. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you've got a goal, just go for it. No one can stop you. You've got one life, so just give it a go. And if you fail... You got people. At least you got your family and your friends behind you. I like that. I like that you didn't. You didn't stop because you were world. You did the world champion. You won the competitions. You. You just haven't stopped. You keep dreaming. You keep building. So it's awesome. Yeah, you, you got it. You have to just. You don't want to regret and laugh. So, just do stuff that you love and don't regret. Make sure you're doing the right thing that you want to do, not because other people are telling you. Beautiful. Um, how I end these shows are <laughs> if people want to check out any of your wakeboarding or websites or any social media you have that you'd like to plug and share with people right now. Yeah, so just um, my Instagram, Instagram, Angelica Schreiber, is pretty much, yeah, is where you can see it on YouTube as well. So Awesome. Yeah, Angelica with the, yeah, my first name and my last name. It's kind of a handful. Spell so it out. A-N-G-E-L-I-K-A-S-C-H. R I B E R. So it's my first name and my last name. Say it one more time. <laughs> Angelica Schreiber. I just like your accent. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds really nice. <laughs> yeah. So my Facebook page, um, YouTube, and Instagram. Right. And I'm hoping to get a website up soon, but yeah. For now, those platforms, I'm sure, are plenty, and I will put them in the show notes, people. <laughs> All right. Well, thank yeah. you. Thanks for having me. One last thing before we get out of here, I just want to thank the sponsors. Thank you to the Edge Indoor Skate Park. Uh, don't forget the third annual New England AM contest is coming up. That's November 5th and 6th in Taunton, Massachusetts at the Edge Indoor Skate Park. The last two years has been crazy and live, and uh, this one's going to be epic, third annual. And all you motherfuckers are invited because it's always full of energy, so many skateboarders, hijinks, epicness, and just fun. It's like so much energy. So that's coming up. Also, I'd like to thank All I Need Skateboards. Uh, please check out the Thrive Prosper Rise series out now. If you see one in your shop, please cop one. Show some support for this podcast and just for real skateboarders fucking doing the real shit, you know, like just starting a company from scratch and trying to grow this thing. So uh, it's as authentic as you can get, man. We we rise from the rubble of the recession and that's it. And we've just been passionate and falling in love with skating and growing and just, it's been quite a ride. So please check everything out at allineedskate.com. Uh, last thing, I just want to thank you guys. All you real people out there that give me all this awesome feedback uh, about the podcast and about All I Need and um, the guests and just all the back and forth is awesome. It means a lot to me. So please keep up with the comments, keep up the hype, keep up your passion, your love. All you need, you know what I mean? Like, focus on that stuff and we'll be alright. Thanks, you guys. Peace.